Hello, and welcome back to Idiot's Alphabet Soup. Idiot's Alphabet Soup! Oh yeah, this is our third time trying this intro. And hopefully this one stays. Okay, so before we get into the the meat and potatoes of the podcast, Catherine, shall we give a little update on what's going on in our lives? Yes. So, Jennifer over here has ended up staying an extra week with me at the house up in Maryland. Yeah. It's, well, here's the thing, is Catherine is having a little party that I didn't want to miss out on. Um, and, uh, basically, I realized that, like, if I was going to go home when I planned and then come back for the party, I'd be, like, spending three days in Blacksburg. Not, not worth it. Um, so. Suboptimal. Suboptimal. But do you know what is optimal is spending one more week with my best friend. So. Yes. That's what I did. Uh, I was basically a fixture in that house by the time I left. Um, honestly, kind of feels more like home than my own apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I um, really no. loved having you over. Yeah, it was really fun. I did feel sorry for Luke having to put up with the two of us. That's true. But oh my gosh, I adore that man. He is so good at girl talk now. Oh, like, he's so good at girl talk. Yes. Like when we um we had the little party and we had our little girly debrief at the end of the night and he was there. <laughs> so good. Oh gosh. Oh man. But yeah, I w- oh, I was so annoyed cuz when you know this, but the podcast doesn't know. Um when I was leaving Maryland, I took the train from like where Catherine is to where I am and it was 2 hours late showing up, which is ridiculous. Yes, sir. Like, this train, I've taken it what feels like a bajillion times. In reality, it's, like, ten times. Um, and it always, like, gets a little bit late, but not usually more than, like, half an hour. Like, when it, oh, yeah. when it picks me up. But it was, like, yeah, two, like two, two and a half hours late. Ridiculous. Um, and so I ended up not getting back home until after midnight. No, not after midnight, after 2 a.m. Oh, you know what was, like, really hard about you leaving this time? Was that you were, like, so well integrated into my daily, like, routine. Yeah. And usually, you're only here for, like, a couple days, and it's like, oh, it's so fun, she's here for a couple days, and, like, we do things out of the ordinary for me. But, like, this time, you you just, like, fit into my life, and I'm like, ugh, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, because we were doing the thing of, like, I would go to work with you, and then, um, like, we'd eat lunch together, and then, like, go home together afterwards. It was very just, like yeah living life together not like something super special Mm -hmm. which made it really hard to like formulate my own routine when I got back home and I'm sure made it hard for you too although surprisingly I don't feel like I've experienced a major Catherine hangover you know what I will tell you that I have I woke up exhausted like anytime after we hang out, the the days of like doing everything and packing everything into like a couple hours just like catches up with me. That's true. Maybe you know what it was maybe is that I did wake up exhausted. I just thought it was because I got home at 2 a.m. Um, but Catherine and I have this thing that we like I call it my Catherine hangover and she calls it her Jenny hangover <laughs> because whenever we spend time together, it's like once we're apart again and we like wake up the next morning, both of us just feel terrible. <laughs> like we're 
<laughs> we're exhausted. We're irritated. It's just like life sucks. <laughs> and like, I've never had a hangover. But that's what I would like. The way I feel is what I would imagine a hangover felt like. Yeah. And also, like, it's pretty accurate to call it like a, a hangover because it does feel like I suffer from withdrawals. Like, after a week or two, I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Anyway, like we're alcoholics a- for each other. <laughs> <laughs> Title of the podcast Rebrand. No. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to We're Alcoholics for Each Other. (laughs) And you would think that we wouldn't be so, like, it wouldn't be so bad, because I call you, like, twice a day. Literally, that is facts. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, should we talk about the book that we're talking about this week? Ooh, can we talk about Wingspan first? Because I kind of want to spread the word about Wingspan. Honestly, yeah, because it was so much fun. Okay, so, like, right before this, uh, me, Jenny, and a couple of our other friends played Wingspan online, which is a a board game. And it's, like, the best board game. Sorry, Catan. I'm going to have to slander you. Honestly, I'm down for Catan slander. It sucks. (laughs) I know. Like, it's so fun and, like, so cute. You have, like, all these little toys to play with with in the board game. And also, you build your own, like, aviary. You're, You're collecting birds. You're laying eggs and... Like, all this other fun stuff, and, like, it's just cute and relaxing and, like, a good time. Yeah. I'll admit, I did not like it the first time I played it, just because I was so confused and had no idea what was going on. But since then, I've played, like, a game and a half on a team with Catherine, which helped me, like, kind of figure out what, like, how to actually get points. (laughs) And so now, I'm a big fan. Um, Neither of us won this game, though. I was just proud because I did better than Catherine did. Yes, I was like so not at my A game. Usually I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, Okay, the the online version of the game was so much fun for several reasons. First of all, there was a very nice soundtrack. Second of all, like there were bird noises playing in the background and that like hurt my heart a little bit. And like, it's just really beautiful. Like, I don't know, like you choose the setting and then you like can go to these different habitats. It's just really cute. It is so cute. And, like, honestly, I wouldn't mind playing, like, just the two of us either. Honestly, Like, it's so fun. And I like it because you don't have to, like, put your whole focus into it. Like, if if we were playing with four people and, like, you just kind of, you know, hang out, look at other stuff. And then when it's your turn, it's your your turn. turn. Your thing. And then when it's someone else's, like, I don't know, you just, yeah. It's It's not as socially draining. Yes. Anyway. And once you know what's going on, it's not super mentally draining. Yes. Okay, should we actually proceed with the book? <laughs> we should actually talk about this book. Okay. I remember something else I want to say once we start talking about this book a little bit. All right. Okay. Something related so, to the book? Yeah. I'm going to talk about how I got scammed. <clears throat> oh, okay. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. I think you so, should go into that first. Yeah, I'll maybe say, first of all, the book we're talking about is Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. And um, yeah, it's a fun read. The reason we chose this book is... um, Number one, I really like books by Asian authors. (laughs) Number one, Catherine's all about the books by Asian authors. Um, So we were... 
we were together in Maryland, right? And it was like, okay, we should, you know, figure out what, we, what book we want to talk about on our podcast so we can have time to read it and then, you know, record an episode about it. Um, and like sometimes we have ideas of what we want to talk about, or it's like books we've read both read recently, but this time, like, neither of us had read the same book recently because Catherine was in the middle of some book about like Catholicism and fundamentalism. <laughs> and I had just finished a book about like Vladimir Putin and how he came to power. So, like, nothing that either of us could read quickly. And so, um, yeah, we were like, okay, you know what we'll do is we'll just go to a bookstore, we'll like find a book that we both like, we'll both buy it, and then we'll just read that. Yes. Um, so we we're like, we we're gonna go to like a Barnes and Noble or something. But there was no Barnes and Noble nearby. There was a Books a Million. And I have beef now with Books a Million. So we like we pick out a book. We pick out Claire in the Sun, because it's by like a Japanese author and I'd heard it was good. Um I also bought another book. So we're like going to check out and I'm I'm getting my book, Catherine's book, and then this other book I was buying. Um, and the guy at the checkout is like, oh, do you want to sign up for our rewards program? Like, you'll get some cool things. And I was like, no, it's okay. Because I'm like, when am I going to come back here again? Whatever, whatever. And he's like, oh, are you sure? Like, you get it, you get free shipping on this and, like, you get a discount. And, like, the discount will be applied to this, whatever, like, to this purchase here. And I was like, okay, I guess, like, if I'm going to get a discount on, like, these three books that I buy, like, I guess I'll mm -hmm. do it. I don't know. The man was persistent. So I was like, oh, fine, whatever. Turns out it costs like $25 more to get this stupid <laughs> membership <laughs> for Books a Million, which like... Who even are you, Books a Million? Who even are you, Books a Million? Are you Blacksburg Books? I don't think so. I would pay $25 <laughs> for a Blacksburg Books membership, not for <laughs> Books a Million. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So I was really bitter about this. Um, and uh, so now if I want to like, if I want to not have lost money, I need to like, I have a $10 gift card I need to spend at booksamillion.com. Um, and then also like, I need to use some coupon to save like $5. And then I'll have, then I'll have not wasted money, but I'm still in the process, like giving books a million more money, which I hate. Um, we hate you, books a million. We hate it. And then it's like, also, am I even like, it's like, I have to spend money to get these books anyway. So it's like, I'm, I don't know. I have to make sure oh it's my books gosh, that I already Jenny, What? We should put books a million on the hate list. We should, I think it might even already be on the hate list, actually. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Anyway. Excellent. So I got scammed by books a million. I hate them. Um. Anyway. You should hate the last, them like, too. Yeah, you should hate them too. Don't shop at Books a Million. Shop at your local, locally owned bookstore. That's what I yes. say. If you are a true fan of the podcast, hate Books a Million with us. Hate Books a Million. Support your local library. Support your locally owned book bookstore. If you need to order online, thrift books. Yes. If you're ever in Maryland, go to Second Story Books. That place is amazing. Yes, I love that place. Anyway. So, Catherine, why don't you tell us a little bit about this book and give us, like, a summary of it. Well, before we talk about the book, I have one other thing to say, which is... What? Happy birthday to Emily, because it was her birthday and she's a big fan of Potty. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you remembered <laughs> that. Yes, happy birthday to Emily two days late. Maybe yes. three, depending on when this podcast gets posted. Also, I'm glad you're, uh... uh 
coffee Thursday at the barn popped off. That's it. Love that. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Clara tell us about Sun. Clara and the Sun. So Clara and the Sun is a book about um, this girl, Josie. She's very sickly, and I guess they. this is set in a dystopian world. Um, Clara is a solar-powered AF, or artificial friend, who is bought by Josie's family to, I guess, take care of her and help her socialize. Um, in the course of the book, Josie progressively gets more and more sick, and Clara tries to figure out ways to make it better. Um, she gets it into her head that since she's solar-powered, the sun is going to help Josie, which is kind of cray-cray, not going to lie. <laughs> um, and then she tries to strike a deal with the sun to make Josie better. Um, and that's the book. Yeah, there's also there's a little romance on the side. Um, but yeah. And the book is told from Clara's perspective. So it's it's narrated by this robot character. Robot. Um, and so you end up seeing everything through her eyes. And in a way, like, kind of influences the writing. In that it feels very, like, simple and, like, not flowery at all. It's like, what's said is said and this is the way it is. Yeah, and is it's very matter-of-fact. Not a lot of emotion in the writing, I would say. Mm-hmm. not dry, but just like, oh, she sees people crying. She just says, well, they're crying and they look like this, you know? Yeah. Or like, I see this and this and this, so I gather that this person is sad. Yeah. And apparently Clara is a unique AF artificial friend because her program enables her to learn uh, very well. So... Like, she sees kind of people's actions and she kind of makes her own conclusions and, like, behaves accordingly after that, I guess. Yeah, the idea is that, like, Clara is an extra observant artificial friend and really cares about the things that she sees. So, it's like some of the other artificial friends will see things, but, like, they don't really care or don't seem to really internalize it, but Clara really internalizes a lot of what she observes. Yes. I think that is a good, like, spoiler-free description of the book. Yeah, I think so. Um, so maybe a little, like, asterisk is that from here on out, we might be dropping some spoilers. Yes. At some point, um, we definitely will be dropping some spoilers. Yeah, and also, like, why read the book if you can um, listen, listen about it for free? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get scammed it? by the books a million of the world. Yeah. Listen to Avoid the scam. Exactly. Don't get scammed by Books a Million. Listen to Idiot's Alphabet Soup instead. That's the lesson. And if you do decide to buy from Books a Million, uh, if you could pretend to be me and use my membership card, I would love that. <laughs> so, our our favorite question for every book is, is what, what are the themes? What are the big themes in this book? We love finding the theme. We love finding a good theme. So it's quite interesting that we 
we had this book queued up after Sapien because it does raise a lot of the same questions, but just in a different way. So before it was more like, what is the difference between a human and an animal? And now really it's, what is the difference between a human and an artificial friend? Or like, what is the difference between a human and a robot? Yeah, I I found it so interesting that like, it's they're both asking this question of like, what is it that makes us human? But uh, Sapiens, it was what is it that makes us human as opposed to being just another animal? And now it's what is it that makes us human that you can't reproduce in a robot? Right. Because, okay, this is like a major spoiler. But in the book, Clara gradually um, is told that she's learning all of these things about Josie because in the event that Josie dies, she is going to be like placed in a meat suit, basically, that looks exactly like Josie and she should act exactly how Josie acts. And that'll like help her mom like get over her grief. The, yeah, the idea is that Clara will become Josie and Josie will live on through Clara, which like is a disturbing idea. And like you you hear that and you're like, but she's not she's not Josie. Like there's no way this can work. Um, but then it's like, why can't it work? Like Clara knows so much about Josie and kind of predict can kind of predict how Josie would respond in situations. So, like, what is it that makes Clara not able to be Josie? Yeah, and also, I think the book is op. Well, in the book, they say that, like, objectively, it has been proven that you can replicate the, like, a person's, like, mind and actions, right? Mm -hmm. That's what the doctor said. But. Yeah. I mean, well, okay, but this is this is spoken from a guy like the guy who's trying to turn um, Clara into Josie. So like, it has been proven. I don't know, it could mean a lot of things. Girl, we can hear you crunching ice. Hi. Right. <laughs> Most of us are gonna be just like, oh, we're talking about a book. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to branch out into ASMR, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's like, what is it that... Because, yeah, the Doctor seems to be convinced that this can this can happen, but, like, he's also the one trying to do it. So, it's like, it has been proven, but, like, oh, it's been proven that the Earth is flat. Like, doesn't it has been proven doesn't <laughs> always mean a lot. That's true. Um, without digging too much into the book, what do you think about a replication of like a human personality do you think it can be done like do you think a robot can take your place i don't know it's one of those things that like in some ways i think that a robot could get to the point where i could predict like what i outwardly would do mm-hmm. um but like i don't know i feel like the, a robot could never quite like there's something in me that a robot could never quite get and, like, is it my soul? Maybe. But then the question is, like, if it could predict, if it could act like me to everyone else, like, what is it that would make it not me, you know? Or at least, like, not me to the people around me. Here's the thing, is that I think that 
a robot maybe could replicate a person in that time in that place but people Mm. change people change every second of every day of like their lives and i don't think that a robot is capable of adapt like of stepping out of their programming and changing like fundamentally in the way that humans can interesting so machine learning hasn't achieved that yet like a simple example is like oh you teach machine learning to a computer and like it recognizes handwriting it's not going to be able to do much else that is what it is like it's not gonna i don't know but like also it kind of ties back into this whole like analogy that the book brings up which i think is like really good which is you know how how do you truly know a person and then somebody says well like if a person's mind is a house then you don't necessarily know where things are but you like you know you know the rooms and you're at home in that house is what he says clara goes and says that well i know all the rooms in in josie's house and i know where everything is like i know it all now and then the other guy says like well what if like more rooms are added on or like what if there's a room inside a room or inside a room inside a room yeah well because if i remember how this went correctly it was like the doctor was trying to probe or maybe it was was it the doctor or was it it was the dad the dad dad was trying to probe clara to see if like she thinks she actually could be josie and clara kind of had this idea that like okay well there's the rooms in her house i walk through all the rooms and then i know her so like maybe i haven't walked through them all yet but like i could if i walked through all the rooms i would i would could be josie um Mm -hmm. that's when the dad asked the question like what if there's more rooms added what if there's like rooms inside of rooms it's like the objects in the house are like facts about this person and like actions but I don't think that you need to know all the objects in a house to feel at home in a house. Also, Clara is not a, taking account in the fact that, like, stuff moves around the house. If someone's living in that house, it's it's not going to look the same, like, five seconds after. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but I agree that, like, to know someone is when you feel at home in their house. Like, you maybe don't know where everything is, but mm-hmm. it feels, you feel at home there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, maybe you discover a new room, but it's like a new room in a house that you're at home in, you know? So I don't know if you could completely become that person. Oh, here's an interesting question for you, Jenny. Okay. Do you think that you could pull off, because I feel like you know me pretty well, Mm -hmm. really well. Do you think you could pull off being me in a meat meat suit of me? Do you think I could pull off being in a meat suit of you? I think I could pull it off for like a few hours in a specific situation. <laughs> um, multiple things would here. Here's a few of my like caveats though. Mm-hmm. Number one, um, I could not do your job. I have no idea what you do. <laughs> so like, if I was trying to do your job, could not do it. Hundred yeah, percent. Like that would reveal me right away. Let's limit this to a friend setting. Okay, can it be a friend yeah. setting that does not include your husband? Yes. Okay. Um, so if it was just like us, like you and me with like, or you with like our shared friends, mm-hmm. 
think I could pull off being you. At least, like, yeah. For a few hours. Like, it would be mentally taxing. But I, I think I could do it. Yeah. But it helps that we're, we're alike enough now that, like, I can, like, I know what you're probably going to say in a situation. And, like, even often just the things that I would say are the things that you would say. I think so. I think we could so totally survive, like, a weekend of, like, like a Freaky Friday weekend, you know? Yeah. As long as, yeah. Yeah. You're thinking too deep. I know. And you are foul. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Oh, man. Okay. Um even think that we've made the conclusion we've made like we've reached a consensus about what differentiates a human and a robot honestly i'm still like still not quite sure so one of the things that seems to be like kind of like maybe it would be is emotions yeah clara will sometimes be like i'm sad i'm happy but she doesn't seem to be like overwhelmed by emotion in the way that people are and it almost seems like it's more just that she has these ideas of like these things happen that makes you happy or that makes you sad Mm -hmm. Um, because like one of the places it comes up is i think it was josie's mom talks about something that happens or maybe it was josie talking about how her sister died Mm -hmm. um and uh, clara's like oh i bet that made you sad or something like that and mm-hmm. whoever she was talking to, I'm just going to say it was Josie's mom. Josie's mom was like, oh, I didn't realize, like, you understood emotions. And it's, but, but the thing is, I don't think Josie feels, uh, sorry, not Josie. I don't think Clara feels those emotions. I think she just knows what it looks like. And, like, yeah. knows the sort of things that make you feel those emotions. And so um, when those sort of things happen to, to Clara, she's like, oh, this is the emotion that I feel. I don't mm-hmm. think she really feels them. Yeah, I I can agree with that because Clara never makes emotional decisions. Like everything she does is for a purpose and she thinks through them. When yeah. people are cruel to her, when people are mean to her, she feels nothing. She doesn't feel yes. bad, you know? Like, in the scene where all the other, like, lifted kids are hanging out with Josie. Which, mm-hmm. okay, that was another thing. Is the whole, like, <laughs> lifting situation. Yeah, so in addition to, like, all this artificial friend, like, all, all this artificial friend blah 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 stuff, there's also this concept of, like, lifting. So kids can be genetically modified and be lifted so that they're like more likely that so that they're like more likely to be successful because they're like smart and healthy and all that stuff. But there is a risk of your kid getting really sick and dying if you lift them. So that is what's happening to Josie. And that's what happened to Josie's older sister who actually did die. Yes. Um, and yeah, that's what's happening with Josie. Um, Anyway, I was talking about something else. Oh, the emotions thing. Yeah, so when when Clara's with, like, all of Josie's other friends who are lifted, because they all need to, like, socialize with each other or whatever, um, and they're, like, being kind of mean to Clara and, like, whatever, whatever, like, 
she doesn't feel sad. She doesn't feel upset. She doesn't feel angry. She just, like, gets confused. Which I don't think confused is an emotion. No, I don't even think she's confused. She's just, like, trying to calculate, like, what is going on here. Yeah. like, learn from the situation because she's a learning robot or whatever yeah it's almost like she just gets too much information at once to process and like brain go brr sort of situation (laughs) yeah so like i don't think there is any question of like clara not being like she has not achieved true sentience right Mm -hmm. she's not a whole person um and i think emotion is a big thing for Emotion is a really big thing. And also just hope, dreams, and aspirations for yourself, right? Mm. What do you mean by that? Because, like, she she felt nothing when, in the end, you know, like, Josie got old, she got better, and, like, Clara ends up in the dump. She doesn't feel anything about that. Like, she wasn't making a plan to make herself, like, be in that family forever. Hmm. You know? And, yeah. like, I don't think she had any ability to, like, step out of her... Step out of her design. Yeah. I think that's accurate, yeah. Because, yeah, at the end, she's, like, in a dump somewhere and just doesn't even really seem to care that much. It's just like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna sit and process all my memories. Yeah. And that's that's a little crazy. Yeah. Um there's also like I think another big thing in this book, right, is about like how you love people. Yes. Because honestly, when it comes to like at least the humans in this book, I feel like a lot of them did not truly love each other. Like maybe the housekeeper loved Josie. And maybe Rick's mom loved him. Yeah. Like, like, we had the dad, Josie's dad, who didn't, like, care enough to to do anything about his, his like, child situation. The mom and he, like, wasn't like, around. Act- yeah. And the mom, who's, like, actively hired this scientist to build clara a meat suit to replace josie even while like josie's still alive and well yeah and like with that it was one of those things where i feel like she thought she was doing it out of love like i think she was like oh i i I can't bear to lose josie because i love her so much that i'm gonna do this but that's not a loving like that's not what you do if you love someone and you lose them like you don't try to to replicate some cheap version of them you just mourn the loss that you had i think yeah. Like, if you and died, I would not want to meet suit Catherine <laughs> to, like, be my friend now. <laughs> it would be horrifying. Because it would just be, like, a pale imitation of who you are, I feel like. I feel like it would just make me sadder. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, Catherine's gone, and now I have this, like, weird flesh robot Catherine I have to deal with. Oh. <laughs> and, like... Okay, so a big thing about love, right, is sacrificing yourself for the other person. And none of these people sacrifice themselves for the sake of their, quote-unquote, like, loved ones, ever. Yeah. And the only person 
who sacrificed anything is Clara. Yeah, because when, okay, when so she thought... <laughs> this is, like, weird. Talking, going on. Yeah, this is weird, but, like, just go with me here. Clara um, is solar-powered, and one day she sees a beggar man... And she thought that the beggar man was beggar man was dead. She was like in a storefront and she sees this. And like the sun hits the beggar man, and like obviously the implication is like, oh, the sun woke the beggar up. But to Clara, what she learned is that, oh my gosh, the sun saved the beggar. Like beggar man was dead or was dying, and the sun came and saved him. Yes. And so Clara. When Josie, uh, when she realizes that Josie is sick and is gonna die, um, like well, at thought first she's that like, if she, what? at first she was really upset because she was like, "Why is the sun not healing Josie like he healed Bigger Man?" <laughs> yes, um, but then she did. She, she had it in her head that she would make a deal with the sun, and the sun would magically heal Josie. If she destroyed this pollution-making machine. Because she, like, she goes to this barn. Like, every night the sun sets behind this barn. So she's convinced the sun, like, this is where the bar- the sun goes to bed, is in this barn specifically. <laughs> I guess the girl doesn't understand, like, how the world works. <laughs> um, so she goes to this barn. And it's, like, sitting there and the sun goes down. And it's, like, this whole thing. Or, like, she's trying to be like, son, why don't we heal Josie? And then she, like, realizes, oh, maybe I need to make a deal with it. And, like, as soon as she's like, oh, if I if I destroy this pollution-making machine, will you heal Josie? Like, the barn lights up a different color. Um, so she's like, all right, I gotta destroy this pollution machine. Okay, anyway, all of this to say that in order for her to destroy the pollution machine, she has to take some fluid from her, like, robot brain. And, like stick it in the machine so that it would like blow up or whatever yeah well, it'd be like it, according to the guy it would be like putting like a diesel in a fuel car like it would just mess up mess up the engine like make things make an issue um and so she does Yikes, this she like take, do that <laughs> anyway <laughs> She takes the, the fluid out of her head. Like, yeah, literally, like, sacrifices some of her perception abilities in order to destroy this machine. Um, And then she finds out, well, she doesn't, like, find it out because she doesn't really understand these things. But basically, it's just, like, some regular, like, machine that's used in construction. And there's, like, a bajillion of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so she thought, like, she destroyed the machine when she destroyed this one, but, like, then she sees another one the next day and it's like, oh no, my deal with the sun failed. <laughs> so she's all like concerned because her deal with the sun has failed. Um, and so she goes back to the barn um, because now she's convinced that like, maybe this if the sun hears about how Josie is in love with this boy, Rick, because yeah, there's this like boy, Rick, that Josie's in love with. Uh, or they're, like, in love with each other and they want to, like, run off together. And Rick assures her that, like, he loves Josie and he's going to love her forever. So Josie goes to the sun and is, like, you know. Uh, Clara. Goes, yeah, back to the barn and is, like, 
you know, I, I tried to destroy this machine, but like, I, you know, there's too many. And like, I did this and, and also like Josie and Rick, like they, they love each other. Like they deserve to be together, whatever, whatever. And like, it seems like, I don't know, the son does his little like responding thing again. And then somehow it works. And the son like heals Josie. There's this, like it's cloudy all day, and then the next day, and then like the sun breaks through and shines into, and like Claire makes them all like take the curtains back, and like the sun shines through onto Josie, and Josie is healed. <laughs> and I, I was astonished when I read that because the whole time, I like honestly thought Josie, you're dead, girl, you're dead, and Claire is gonna get in that meat suit and be a pale imitation of you. That was exactly what I was thinking. I was like, okay, part five, Josie dies. Part six, Claire is now Josie. We end the book. But no, <laughs> Josie lives because somehow the sun. The sun. Well, like it's never conclusively proven that the sun healed her. Yeah, but that's but what is, Clara thinks. It is like definitely Clara thinks it, and it's like a very dramatic moment in the book. Yes, and like Josie did get better immediately after yeah. the son like healed her. Healed her. <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, like Josie, sorry not Josie, Clara was the only one who really sacrificed something for Josie to keep living. Um, like yeah. the mom was willing to to do something to like have her own version of Josie keep living, but like that was just weird. That's not sacrificing, that's selfish. Yeah, it was very, like, yeah, very selfish, very not sacrificing. The dad just, like, left Josie. Um, Claire actually sacrificed. But then that makes me rethink, because, like, we've always had our, you and I, our definition of love being, like, being willing to sacrifice for another person. Mm-hmm. But, like, if that's what you're, like, I don't know. Did Clara actually love Josie? Like, is she capable of love? I think it's more of the fact that, like, you don't need a lot of... You only need the simple things to get the ingredients of, like, love. And all those people did not have that. But the robot. Interesting. You know? So, do you think Claire loved Josie? I think she... If anybody was loving anybody in that book, Claire came the closest. Interesting. So, is it love if it's something that's programmed into you? I don't think it was programmed in her... Necessarily to, like... Get, like, destroy her hardware for Josie. Interesting. So you think, like, as a robot, you're, you're generally your number one thing would be, like, to preserve yourself? I think generally the number one... Th I don't think it was, like, oh, it's in your program to, to, like, defend yourself, but I think it was in her program to make the child happy, to make the family happy. Mm. And it was interesting that she came to the conclusion that in order to make the family happy... She had to compromise her own well-being. Interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And Clara, most... Yeah, she's the closest person that shows anything 
in the same zip code as love. Mm-hmm. At least when it comes to like love for Josie. I feel yeah. like I was thinking about it a little more. I feel like Rick and his mom truly loved each other. I just think I... they were really weird about showing it. Because like he was he was willing to sacrifice a lot of his future to like be with her because he didn't think she could take care of herself. Yeah. And like she was working I don't know. It seemed <gasps> like she was doing a lot to try to do what was best for him. And so the question comes like, do you think that you know, all of this progress and development and, like, all this technology lifting your kids comes at the price of, like, basic human decency and emotion. I don't know. Maybe. Because, like, that was another Rick, thing. Yeah, Sorry, Rick was not lifted. And, like, I think he understood more than anyone, like, he understood that, like, things are complicated, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, like, being the most successful or accomplished like kid is not the goal yeah like maybe the goal is like taking care of your family yeah rick was by far the most emotionally intelligent character in that book i feel like i don't remember i was gonna lead into this somehow but i don't remember how but i want to talk about it which is like okay at one point um, when, like, Josie is about to die before, like, the sun heals her or whatever, um, she tells Rick and then Rick tells her mom that, um, like, the mom was really worried that she had made the wrong decision because, like, you know, she had made the decision to have her first daughter lifted, her first daughter died, and then she made the decision to have her second daughter lifted knowing that her second daughter could also die. And um, she's worried, like, am I a bad mom? Did I make the wrong decision? Um, and like asking Rick if she should have done what his mom did, which is like choose to not get your kid lifted. And Mm -hmm. Rick tells Josie's mom that Josie told him that, um, you know, she's a great mom. And Josie was saying that like, if she could go back and like do it all again, she, she would choose to get, she would want to get lifted again. Basically like telling her mom, you know, you made the right decision. Mm -hmm. I would want to get lifted again. And I was like. Like, I get saying these things to make your mother feel better, but, like, girl, why? Like, how has being lifted benefited you at this point? Like, literally, you're just going to die. I couldn't, I could never quite figure out, like, I guess getting lifted made you, like, a lot smarter or something. So, like, Josie was able to learn a lot. But, like, it wasn't like she didn't live long enough to get into college. She didn't live long enough to, like, become successful. Like, what's the point of getting lifted if you're going to die at 15? Like, you can't do anything before then. That's true. Well, I think she just said it to like make her mom feel better. <laughs> Probably. But like her mom there was, was also... really, her mom was gonna replace her with like a meat suit robot. Like, is is it worth making your mom feel better if she's gonna do that? Oh gosh. Anyway, what were you saying? Well, there's also like Well, I I, I saw this online and it kind of made me think. I sent it to you um, earlier. Yeah. But there's no, like, mention of, like, a higher power in any of these books. I feel like in these books, the consensus is that, like, the, like, the closest thing to God is humans. And so when Josie is sick, everybody just takes the doctor's word for it. There is no concept of hope. Like, Rick loves, but he does not hope. He has no faith 
that Josie will get better because of powers that are beyond him. Yeah. But Clara... Well, I'm going to add to that before you say what Clara did. The mom also, when it came to, like, helping her daughter live longer, the highest power she could appeal to was this guy who was going to make, like, turn Clara into Josie. It was, like, another person. Yeah. Keep going. So none of these people ever turn to anything that they didn't understand or is somehow beyond them. But Clara sees this beggar man miraculously get better and she makes this who knows if it's true who knows if it's not true he make she makes this inference that oh the sun healed that man there is a higher power and clara is the only per only being in that book that prays to a higher power basically appeals to a higher authority and I think the lesson there is that regardless of whether the sun was right or the sun, I mean, the sun is like healing God Clara, or not God. I mean, yeah, whether it is God or not God, basically, it made everyone's lives better. It made Clara's life richer and she gave the people around her hope because she just believed that Josie would get better. Yeah. So what I found really interesting when you sent me that paragraph is that like Clara is very much a, like very rational. You you see her thought process a lot. Uh, like whenever she's, you know, coming to a decision, you see the thought process of how she gets there and all her like, yeah, it seems like every conclusion she comes to is based on some sort of reasoning. And what makes it interesting is that I feel like often when people think of religion it's just something that is like not logical um it takes this like seed of like hope and faith where sometimes you might have to detach yourself from logic to believe this thing mm-hmm. but for clara it's this entirely logical process that brings her to the idea of religion which i found yeah. really interesting um granted like some of the inferences she was making were kind of weird, bit of stretches. But I found that idea really interesting that usually when you have some like a, a creature that's entirely logical, you think that it it's not going to come to religion. But yeah, she did. and it's like, aren't we all Clara? We're like walking around on this earth with not, we don't have all the facts and we just see what we see and we just conclude we just go from there right and like yeah. this in this magical world the sun could be god or he could not be but the point is it made it it made her life better yeah so maybe maybe it's like a innovative a way it's a warning to what happens when we make people our god yeah that's um, what i was thinking yeah because even also like or, the like, eliminating God. Yeah. You know? Like, the whole lifting thing was very much, like, people are God, right? Like, we mm-hmm. can elevate these people. We can make people better. Like, this is who people should be. And we have the yeah. power to make us that. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, it was kind of, it ended up being kind of a messed up process that, like, killed a bunch of kids. Or at least one kid definitely died from it. <laughs> um, and, yeah. 
it was interesting. I would also like to point out that in our discussion guide, um, we have is the sun robot Jesus? <laughs> and I would like to know your thoughts on that. That is not fair because I said that as like fifty percent of a joke. <laughs> oh man. So really Claire is not sad because she believes in her one true like Lord and Savior, the sun. Okay, does that mean that the dump is like heaven? Because suddenly she's like in the sun's presence all the time. Because <laughs> spoiler, in the end, Clara ends up in a dump and like she can't move at all, but she can kind of like move her head around. And that's where she's telling the story from because she's like processing her emotions there. Or not emotions, because I don't know if she really has emotions. Um, but like processing her memories. Memories. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. And it's also like it kind of made me don't you think that you should not like to live in a world where no one has faith? I don't think I would like to. Yeah, it would be it would be yeah. tough. Because it's kind of sad. I felt like by making people god all those people, like, in the face of any tragedy, in any, like, unexplained circumstance, they just break and fall apart. Because, mm-hmm. in theory, the mom did everything that she was supposed to do. The dad was doing everything he was, like, they were both mega successful, smart, good people. And it's like, why is this, are all these terrible things happening to me? And it kind of broke their brain. Like, yeah. the mom decides to make a, a, a comfort doll of her. And this is all because they just don't have, they just don't have faith. And sometimes you need to take comfort in, like, the fact that, you know, yeah, sometimes bad things happen to good people. And there's, mm-hmm. like, no logical explanation for that, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, when all they had to turn to to save Josie was other people. It, like, yeah, took them some weird directions. <laughs> like, oh, let's turn this robot into my daughter. But we are also, like, a bit of a hippo because begging the son for help and making a deal with him is also quite a weird direction. <laughs> That's true. <sighs> That's true. And so, in a way, maybe it seems like, I don't know, because I guess we're being like, oh, it's like logical versus illogical but reading that i was like clara why like you dumb robot why are you making a deal with the sun but then do you think that's what like is that what atheists think when like we pray to god is like like, oh you you dumb idiot like why are you praying to your god (laughs) but you know what whose life is better yeah that's so you that's true like because even in the end you're like did the sun heal josie or not yeah and like even if you take all of your faith all of your like religious inclinations out of the picture it's like i think the book is trying to tell us that like believing in a higher power and being comfortable with the fact that you can't control everything but you're trying your best is only gonna benefit you yeah religion or like 
belief done right will only bring good things to your life. Yeah. I mean, I can, that's I what I that. think he said. <laughs> I think that I think that's reasonable. All right, should we anyway. should we do our final bit or do you have more to say? Um no, I don't have any more to say. I forget what our final bit is. Okay. So we have we have two written down here. Maybe let's go with this one first, which is what let's say you were a kid. What would your uh-huh. ideal artificial friend be like? Okay. My ideal artificial friend would I think they would be a little bit I was I was really shy as a kid. So I probably needed like a an outgoing artificial friend mm. that would like make me more confident because yeah, I I didn't really talk much. I was kind of a little I want my mommy <laughs> kind of kid. Um and I think like a gregarious like outgoing friend would have really helped me. Um and a very physical um uh, friend because i remember i i was like out doing things all the time and so someone really playful and like yeah i think that would really help me i think for me number one is maybe not number one like as a kid i think i would have wanted someone who could like play make-believe with me because i did Mm -hmm. that a lot that was i don't think i've told you this before but i used to like I had this bike that I would like ride all around the yard and I'd be like, oh, this is my horse. And then I would, <laughs> I would get these like grapevines and be like, oh, this is my like weapon. <laughs> and I would like pretend that I was like some great warrior and like I would wear this blanket over my head like a cape and like I could go on like this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think like having an artificial friend to do that with me would have just made the experience top tier you know yeah like whenever my little oh, friends would come over and i would play with them and do that sort of thing like oh, it was the best yeah that would be yeah that's like super fun yeah but i think uh, also like yeah. maybe kind of opposite to you is that i think i could have it would have helped to have an artificial friend that was a little bit more reserved than me or maybe could have like calmed me down a little bit because i tended to get like a little too intense in social situations like when there are, are people you saying around, that like, we would have Wah. each been our ideal artificial friend? Honestly, I think we might have. <laughs> Honestly, us, we keep talking about this, but like us as kids, we would have gotten along so well. I think so. Honestly, yeah. I think as a kid, I could have even gotten along with Meat Suit Catherine. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so... Here's the thing. You know what else, though? Wait, go ahead. Adding go ahead. on to rooms and rooms is like, yeah. I think it's much easier to impersonate a child than it is an adult. Like, the more, like, the oh, older you so get, the more rooms. rooms you build. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Because mm-hmm. I've, I, yeah, I definitely have so many more rooms now than I did when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's a question. Let's say hmm. Josie learns all, oh, sorry. Clara learns all of Josie's rooms. Yeah. And then she Josie... can never age. Yeah. Like she can't build more rooms, can she? No. 
No, she can't. So maybe maybe that's the difference between being human and being a robot. Is as a human, you keep adding rooms. Yeah. I think it's, you keep adding rooms and, like, things change. Like, this, the stuff is not going to be, like, where they're Remodel. at all the time. Remodel. And it's, like, yeah. Yeah. I imagine, like, uh, a robot is, like, a house with rooms with stuff in it and nobody lives in it. Interesting. And, and nobody is, like, changing anything, you know? Yeah, it's very static. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. All right, should we end the podcast here? Oh, we have one more question. Well, it's our what is our rooms inside of rooms? But I don't. But that I is read that complicated. And I, was like, I don't know how to answer that actually. I know. I was thinking about that, and I'm like, I have no good one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I could put a finger on like either either for me or you like what I think our rooms inside of rooms are. I just know that they're there. You know. Like I know. Oh, okay, here's my question. Okay. Okay, so like, what is the like? We have to answer each other's, but like, what is the room that surprised you the most? Oh man, you're like, what is this doing in here? <laughs> okay, at some point, it's like, is this a room or is this an object in a room? You know? Okay, so like, yeah. But yours is when I found room. out you were super into F one. We were just like hanging out, like watching TikToks or something, and Catherine's like, "Isn't it funny how like F one is so much more like culture than NASCAR or whatever, whatever? Even though like whatever, whatever, whatever." And I was just like, jaw on the floor. Who is this person next to me? <laughs> like I said, I don't know if that's a room or an object within a room, but it's I feel like that object. was probably yeah. an object. I feel like that was the most recent thing that I learned about you that, like, truly shocked me. Because I feel like most things I learn about you now, I'm like, I could see that. That checks out. But that one, like, yeah. that one shocked me. <laughs> okay, what is, what is yours from me? Yours? I don't know if I can, if I can say this on, like, the body. <laughs> okay. Come but up with something I, I else can... and then tell me what it is later. Okay. But, like, something that shocked me. Oh, this is, like, kind of nice. Mm. Um, I always thought that you were, like, V in control of your body and V graceful. So it shocked me that you weren't comfortable dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh, very true. But, That's yeah. what happens when you grow up Mennonite, VV. <laughs> oh uh, man good episode anyway, good episode should we wrap it up i think we should wrap it up all right this has been idiots alphabet soup baboosh baboosh <laughs>